Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. I am joined once again today by the great Judge Andrew Napolitano. Just a reminder, if you want to be able to text message me directly during the interviews, you can just download Converso on Apple or Android and text me at 555-175-8394. It is the best private messaging app in the game, Converso. Get it today. And without further ado, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Thank you for joining us, Judge. Uh, pleasure, Clint. How are you, my dear friend? I'm great. I am great, man. I, I've been traveling every weekend this month uh, or for uh, this entire year, honestly, uh, you know, speaking at, at different events and life. Life is weird, but uh, I know you get it. Yeah, I've seen you just absolutely crushing it on your YouTube channel. My goodness, man. Great stuff. Well, I've been very uh, blessed lately to have a lot of people interested in what we're talking about, as well as crazy, unforeseen uh, events happening that are in my end of the world. Like if you believe the government, a 21-year-old part-time National Guards kid has his hands on the top secret documents of the United States. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, do we not have any update on Jack Tejera's, uh, like, have they already listed the charges and his... He has not been indicted yet. I understand that the lawyers are negotiating for an information. And information is when you uh, agree to plead guilty before going to the grand jury it saves the government a lot of time so the government shares their evidence with you you usually end up with lesser uh, jail time as a result of this the whole thing is murky and suspicious there hasn't been a peep from his lawyers i don't know who his lawyers are mm. i mean you can't be defended in a case like this without lawyers who are national security cleared uh, which usually means they're ex-FBI agents who then went to law school and still have their national security uh, clearance because the government will not share its evidence with just any uh, lawyers. Right. Sort of That's a scheme the government has. Um, I'm of the view that this couldn't have been done alone, that he was a dupe for yeah, people far senior to him in the government, and the government is trying to protect those people. And those people have an interest in expo whoever they are, generals or intel people in exposing the biden administration for killing people and lying about it i mean what i i, I put to Shara if he did this on his own in the same category as uh, daniel ellsberg and uh, chelsea manning and uh, uh edward uh, snowden and julian assange american heroes who uh let the american public decide for themselves what to do about a government that kills people and lies about it yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I hope that that's an interesting uh, conundrum where you know, your your representatives, your your attorneys have to be kind of part of that system that that seems to. Uh, I benefit, only know of one lawyer in Boston who has this clearance, and he is an ex FBI agent and right. a civil libertarian. He is the real uh, deal. Well, that's even good. though like all these lawyers who have this clearance they once worked for the government doesn't mean they're bad guys or they're not going to do the right thing for their client this particular lawyer I won't mention his name sure uh i would put my own freedom in his hands that's how terrific he is and how dedicated he is to the bill of rights and how understanding he is uh of the intelligence community and the way the national secrets work but the government has yet to 
deny the authenticity or the accuracy of these documents. In fact, the government's done the opposite. Uh, Admiral Kirby, John Kirby, who's the uh, spokesperson for the National Security Council in the West Wing of the White House, said, don't read them. Don't read them. Well, my God, you want people to read something, tell them not to read it because <laughs> they are the true documents and they show the consensus of the American senior military uh, that Ukraine is losing that its air defenses have been degraded almost down to zero and will be zero by the end of this month of uh, May. Uh, and the American public needs to know that, that yeah. what Antony Blinken and Lloyd Austin and Joe Biden have been saying is untrue, and they know it's untrue. Right. That's what these documents demonstrate. Well, it's, it's very frustrating, but I, I'm glad the truth continues to seep out, oftentimes via the interviews you do on your very channel. Um, is there any idea on the the source or the nation of origin for that that drone that alleged drone strike against the Kremlin yesterday? I, I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, I did. I did see it, and I've analyzed it extensively with uh, a number of people on air uh, and uh, and off air. Well, it certainly wasn't a false flag. I mean, the last time bombs were over the Kremlin was 1941. <laughs> Uh, wow. And you know what you know what was going on then. Of course, and that domed uh, building is where Putin works. It's the same building where, where Joe Stalin and Nikita Khrushchev and Mikhail Gorbachev uh, worked. Could could you imagine drones over the White House? How we'd react here? Why we'd want to start World War Three with whoever uh, whoever started it? Undoubtedly, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, who uh, was the president of Russia when Putin was required by the Russian Constitution to step down, the Constitution has since been amended, uh, said it's time for us to uh, kill uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky. And where was Zelensky when this happened? In Finland. And how did he get to Finland? On an American Air Force jet. And where did he go when he left Finland? An unannounced trip to Germany on an American Air Force jet. All of this reinforces the Russian allegations that the Ukrainians were behind this with American support. And they whisked the president out of the country in case there was an immediate uh, response with a, uh, a challenge to his life. Interesting. Putin will probably be restrained because that's the way he operates. You know, well, revenge is a dish best taste when eaten cold. I mean, that that's, uh, that's a Sicilian one-liner, <laughs> uh, but it's probably something that Putin agrees with. Yeah, well, I, I'm i very grateful that uh, it didn't immediately spark uh, a massive, you know, increase in hostilities, because certainly, as you just said, if that were to occur at the U.S. White House, uh, the response would be insane. The reason I, I'm, I was questioning the false flag potential is because uh, the Kremlin is, as far as my understanding, hundreds of miles from the border of Ukraine. I don't think that a drone like that could could traverse that space. Would that drone not have had needed to be launched from within Russia? And would that imply that there are active Ukrainian military that are in Russia? You know, I asked the same thing, and I'm told that whatever this drone was, it can go about 350 miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which means it could reach Moscow from Ukraine. And another question I asked is, why was it destroyed the last minute? Why wasn't it destroyed five sure. miles instead of five meters right. from that building? It was destroyed electronically by some sort of electronic field uh, that protects the meters. Apparently, this thing flow, flew 
below uh, the radar. Whoa. All right. And and was that little poof, I assume that was not the payload exploding, but rather it being shot out of the sky. Would it have had a larger payload that could have actually blown up the building? That you know, was... I don't know the answer to that, but there's a, a another a version if you if you can get it. If you can't, uh, Gary, will, my producer, will give it to you. Mm. It's from Russian TV, and it shows the drone from the opposite angle. So you see the back of that building. It appears that the poof was from a uh, flame, and it appears that the flame was either the drone itself or fuel in mm. the drone. Now, some okay. of these drones operate electronically by uh, by remote. Uh, electricity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some actually carry uh, fuel, but whether this drone was uh, just a, a warning uh, or, or itself could have caused a conflagration, I don't know, but it seems the Russians got it just in time. Yeah, well, it's uh, <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, so what I what I read uh, yesterday or last eve- uh, yesterday evening was that the Russians had allegedly mobilized their nuclear weapons in response to this. Is that is that what you've heard as well? I, uh, this is the first I've heard of that. Okay. Um, well, it, it was just a tweet, so take it with a grain of salt, and let's pray that I'm I'm mis misunderstanding uh, here. But um, I think that it, it would be reasonable that if there was actually a, a legitimate attempt made on Putin's life, that they would probably do something just to try and dissuade further attacks on him. Uh, I mean, is this? It doesn't seem to me like that was a very high probability of a successful assassination attempt. So are they do you think that it was more about trying to put like bring him to the I mean, there's no negotiating. I, I don't even understand what the unless you're actually going to take him out, in which case that also could lead to nuclear war. Like, I don't understand the rationale in these attempts at all. It just seems crazy to me. Do you have any idea what they're trying to do? I, I, the only thing I can suggest is that, you know, there are rogue elements in the uh, Ukraine uh, military. That's true. They, they have all this equipment and they must have done it uh, on their own because if they thought that this would scare the Russians, terrify the Russians, make them think twice, they're crazy. This will galvanize the Russian people Indeed. Uh, behind uh, President Putin even more so. Uh, than before this war started. The Russian people are uh, galvanized behind him because they are perceiving the abject hatred for all things Russian coming from the West. Yeah, well, and it's so overt at this point. It it really breaks my heart because I felt like we had gotten past the Cold War, but I guess not. Um, All right, let's transition to the the New York City subway self-defense slash murder depending on how you uh you know view that video and we haven't seen the full video at least i haven't uh allegedly it was a uh, skirmish that lasted 10 to 15 minutes and who knows what the truth is at this point but the i i don't really want to you know force you to weigh in given the limited information we have on that but i i would like to know um you know from my vantage point you New York City and basically every you know major city in in blue states at this point you can have tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of many mentally ill and many drug addicted homeless people that exist there uh, amongst you know the titans of industry and in some of the biggest uh, you know fortune 500 companies it's it's a very bizarre paradigm the the reason it's so complicated is that you have these people who are many of them are genuinely mentally ill and some of them are very dangerous you have this this guy who 
from my vantage point, looks as if he's trying to intervene to prevent a catastrophe of a, of a homeless man who's kind of out of his mind. He ends up holding a, a choke on too long and the man dies, which is very tragic. But now there's demands from congressional representatives, including AOC, of course, to see him charged with murder. And this from where I sit is just anarcho-tyranny, where you have people who are trying to keep the peace that are then being charged, while people that are very dangerous are allowed to just run free. In fact, the man who was who was killed had like I think forty or fifty arrests over the past or over his lifetime. Um, uh, just any thoughts on anarcho-tyranny more broadly? Is I, I think that is kind of what we're experiencing in the big cities. Well, the law says that the that you can only use force commensurate with your perception of the force coming at you. Right. So if your perception is this guy is foul, dirty, uh, disgusting, crazy, and harassing, that's not deadly force. Sure. On the other hand, if he's got a, a weapon in his hands that he can readily use and harm people with, then you can use force commensurate with what he has. Um, I may be coming down on the side of this where a, a lot of the people that agree with us uh, ideologically don't come down on, but the right to live is a higher right than the right not to be offended on a subway. I mean, they're, they're oh, of course, you can't compare them. So this is a homicide. The question is, is it justifiable or or isn't it? And the, the New York City police and the uh, DA's office and the DA's investigators and some bright young uh, DAs in that office, some of whom are my former students at Brooklyn Law School, will will have to decide whether there's enough evidence to uh, charge him. If they charge him, he should go before the grand jury himself and explain what he did, which defendants very, very uh, rarely do. Uh, but but how he could explain the chokehold for 15 minutes, compressing the uh, windpipe slowly, um, where there's no deadly force coming at him is beyond me. Now, is the city at fault? Yes. Should the police have been there? Yes. Should this have gone for on for 15 minutes before the cops came? No. Should there be police <laughs> in the subway cars? Yes. I mean, these are all failures of policy right. for which there is no redress uh, in the courts. You know, you, you get the system that you elect. You elect the mayor, you elect the prosecutors, you elect the judges. Everybody's elected in New York, whether they're competent uh, or not. So um, where this will end up, I don't know. I hope it's a decision based on the law and not on politics. Yeah, well, that's the problem is that. You and, know, not on, and not on race. I mean, uh, right. this is not the first time today that I have uh, discussed this on air. And the hmm. other time that I discussed it uh, was, you know, can a blonde haired white guy uh, that kills a, uh, a black man who didn't have a weapon in his hand possibly get justice? I don't want to go there. I want I want to analyze this on the basis of what the law is and what his perceptions were. So the law favors the perceiver. So if this guy that was causing the disturbance had a water pistol or a starter's gun in his hand and that looked like a real gun, you've got a right. water pistol today that looks just like a, a Glock 45. Then you can justify the use of deadly force if the perception that he had a deadly weapon in his hand is a reasonable perception. 
-hmm. But where there's no perception of deadly force, then there is no justification for the use of deadly force on him. Mm -hmm. Push him away. You can yank him into another subway car. You can push him out the doors when the car opens to safety on the platform and let somebody else worry about him. You can hold him until the police arrive. But can you extinguish his life without a deadly threat on yours? No. In a word, no. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the interesting aspect of this is because my understanding is that he was unarmed. But the the you know, the the broader issue is that you have this man, the the man who's now deceased, tragically, uh, who had been charged with, you know, and, and released over 40 times. You have this is this is now how the criminal justice system works in New York City and other in other major cities that you have people who are consistently on the wrong side of the law that are released back into the wild to create more havoc. And then you have the, the you know, good Samaritans that are trying to keep the peace. I, I don't think that the guy was trying to kill him. I think he was trying to subdue him with that, that you know, holding his neck. And and it's just, I don't know well, how Then it's probably a form of a criminally negligent homicide. It's like right. when you're playing golf and you swing the club back and you hit somebody in the forehead and they die. You right. didn't know they were there and you didn't intend to hit them, but you were negligent and not knowing that they were there. Yeah. You didn't intend to choke him to death, but you were negligent in keeping your arms. You know, in, in that type of a, of a fight, you, you lose sense of time. Mm -hmm. You may not even have been aware of how long his arms are on that guy's uh, neck. So there's a, a number of, there's a variety of uh, factual analyses here that the government will have to um, engage in before it decides what, if anything, uh, to charge him with. Sure. Well, then I, I think that the, to kind of round this out, I'd like to know, you know, I, I, there's a multitude of debates that was happening online about this very issue. And, and I thought that what was interesting is a lot of people were saying, you know, you still have to do the right thing. You still have to be a good Samaritan and, and intervene when you see someone who seems to be unhinged, that's threatening others to try and prevent them. And, and, I, and my, my response was, if you're in a blue state, blue city with a you know blue DA, you don't intervene and you 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 have to walk away. And it's 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 tragic, but I think that's I'm, kind of the reality. I'm, I'm sorry to say that you're probably correct. Yeah. You know, some some uh good Samaritans are in their graves because they they lacked uh discretion or the humility of uh, walking away. You can't always be a hero, not when you have a, a, a government, a woke uh, government, right. uh, racially uh, motivated, and that's what you have in New York City. You know, uh, part of it is the bail problem in New York. These 45 prior arrests, I'm sure there was no bail, meaning he was let go immediately. We have a system in the East Coast, maybe you have it where you are in the Northeast, called Easy Pass. You know, mm -hmm. you, you put it yep. on your license plate and you go right through the toll booth and it, it zaps your credit card. You don't have to stop to pay the toll. A lot of these creeps, when they get arrested by the police, they taunt the police by saying, easy pass, easy pass, easy pass, which is their <laughs> way of saying, take me downtown. I'll be right back here in three hours because you know that the judge doesn't have the authority to hold me. Wow. Now, when I was on the bench, we would sometimes have two, three, four hundred uh, bail uh, hearings in a day, in a day. But I had the discretion. What is his criminal record? Mm. Uh, what has he been uh, convicted of? 
What are his ties uh, to the community? How many times uh, has he done this? What kind of a danger does he pose? What is the likelihood he'll return? Without a judge having the discretion to force the government to answer those questions and take some response from what is usually a public defender that has just met the defendant but has had a few minutes to speak with him, without that, you don't really have a system of justice uh, at all. The, the judges have become clerks. Oh, no bail, no bail, no bail. The law won't let me uh, set bail. I'm waiting for some judge to set bail anyway, and then the law will be uh, challenged. Mm. Uh, the governor of the state of New York uh, personally keeps blocking uh, efforts to change this uh, this law. She's a, you know, a liberal D that uh, depends upon the votes of this community most affected by this right. for uh, for support. She was just uh, elected. We all hoped she'd lose, but her uh, attitude, and she's not a lawyer, she doesn't have a law enforcement background, uh, her attitude on this is just uh, horrible and results in a, in a substantial degrading of public safety. Yeah. Yeah, well, clearly, and uh, you, the fact that you have massive protests, um, you know, by uh, what I would assume are New York City voters and people that live there, uh, to to see this man arrested, uh, it it seems as if this is what they want. This is how they want to live. And and I guess I'll, I'll end with this: Is it for those that are interested in any semblance of law and order? Which is weird for me to say as a libertarian. Obviously, I would prefer it be privately ran, but in the current paradigm, I would still prefer to not to have people who are a danger to me that are allowed to run loose around me uh, in a city. Is it is it incumbent upon those that prefer that way of life to leave the cities? Well, in the best of all worlds, the trains would be privately operated. Of course. And they could say to somebody, get out, you're not coming on. Right. Um, but you know we have that's not an option right now <laughs> that's not an option now uh and and the refusal to provide a social safety net for this guy is not an uh, not an option uh at all so yeah. if you can't vote with your feet then you gotta move with your feet yep i i think that's the same advice i would have given that good samaritan just walk away brother uh live to fight another day well, thank you so much, Judge Andrew DiPolitano. Everybody go subscribe to Judging Freedom right now. If I mean, I'm sure most of you already have because he is absolutely crushing it. Millions of viewers per week, per month, just absolutely killing it. And I really appreciate your time, Judge. Thank you again. Oh, it's a pleasure, Clint. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?